Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's episode, we are talking with two pelvic floor physical therapists, Beth Ann Travis and Bethany Blake. We are about to discuss Kegel exercises, how to do them, who should be doing them, and more. By the end of this episode, you will be able to Kegel like a pro. This is the third episode in the series on the pelvic floor. Vaginas, vulvas, and vibrator swag is now out. You do not want to miss some of my favorite teas. Go to swag.vaginasvulvasandvibrators.com to check out the new stuff today. I cannot wait for you guys to hear these ladies today. Bethann Travis and Bethany Blake are two pelvic floor physical therapists. Before launching their own business, they have been educating the masses on pelvic health and women's health via social media. You can find them at The Kegel Chronicles. They recently ventured into TikTok. If you haven't checked out their videos, I highly recommend checking out their TikTok. Beth Ann and Bethany are both pelvic rehabilitation practitioner certified physical therapists. They work with men and women across their lifespan. This year, they opened their own clinic called Arkansas Pelvic Health. Welcome, Beth Ann and Bethany. Do you guys want to tell me a little bit more about yourself for the listeners? Beth Ann and I, I'm, I'm Bethany. Beth Ann and I both went to undergrad together. So we actually met because my boyfriend at the time, now husband, sat in front of her in a class and he just slung around his giant backpack and knocked over her coffee mug one day and it got all over her white blouse and he didn't even notice, totally oblivious, just left. And I was just like in distress that he just probably ruined her shirt. So um, we became he friends did. because I offered to um, get her shirt cleaned for her, <laughs> apologized on her behalf. <laughs> Um, so that kind of started our friendship. So we make fun of him for that, but we also thank him for that. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we we both ended up getting married in undergrad at the same year, 2010, yeah. and then finished our undergrad degree. Then we went to grad school and we were in the same grad school class. So we have been friends for a long time. And then we worked at the same company before starting our own. And we each have a lot of kids. <laughs> I have three kids and Bethann has two. I've been married for like 10 and a half years. Pelvic health has been my jam ever since. And so I'm super thankful that we started our business in the midst of a pandemic. Like we started it the week before COVID shut us down. And so, but it's doing great. It's been an interesting year to say the least for sure. Tell me a little bit about your business. What, what do you guys have? So we started March 4th and we started as a home virtual business with the goal in mind of like, maybe we could brick and mortar in like two years. Cause we just didn't think we were going to grow as fast as we did. So we started in March and June, we started renting from two OB offices just because we couldn't travel to all of their houses to see it, see them to get everybody in. In December, hopefully mid to late December, our brick and mortar will actually be open. So from March to December, we've grown crazy fast, which is super exciting. Now we see patients like in clinic because we don't have the ability to go to everybody's house anymore. Today, I really wanted to talk about Kegels specifically. What are Kegels? Pelvic floor therapy is, it's a specialty of physical therapy. We do bowel bladder sexual dysfunction. And I feel like 
historically, anytime a woman has an issue with anything in the pelvic region, be it pain, leakage, or they have questions about sex, they're always advised to do Kegels, which is the contraction of the pelvic floor muscle. It's just named after the doctor that discovered it. Was his name Arnold? Arnold Kegel or something like that? Arnold Kegel. Or... So it's just historically always been told to people to do that. And a lot of times it's right. Cosmo is right. Cosmo magazine is right about it helps with sexual pleasure. It has a contribution there. It helps with incontinence because if those muscles are weak and you contract them, just like if it were your biceps and they're weak and you contract them, they get stronger. But they're just not for everybody. So they're the, they're the contraction of the pelvic floor. But we wouldn't treat all shoulder issues the same. Anybody that had a rotator cuff injury, a broken arm, a subluxation, you know, all of those people don't get bicep curls as their rehab and all of the different pelvic floor issues shouldn't get Kegels as the rehab either. So there's a lot more to it than just Kegels, but they're the main player in the pelvic floor. And then when it comes to Kegels, there's the contraction, just like you bend and contract your arm, but there's also the relaxation, the straightening of the arm, the relaxation of the pelvic floor. So we call those reverse Kegels and they're important for various things as well. What are some of the benefits of doing Kegel exercises for women that should be doing them? So it's a strengthening activity if you do the strengthening for the contraction. So helping with urinary incontinence, pelvic organ prolapse, helping with low back pain if that's needed versus the relaxation is the relaxation of the pelvic floor. It helps improve the muscles, but also getting the blood flow to the superficial layer to achieve orgasm is another key component of them too. So Kegels can help your orgasms. Is that what I mean? Yes, that is so true. So if you have poor pelvic floor strength, that doesn't allow the blood flow to get to to achieve an orgasm. And if you have a strong pelvic floor and one that's functioning the appropriate way, you're more likely to achieve full orgasm. So how do you do Kegels correctly? So I teach everybody with a straw technique. So this is my favorite. So if you imagine that you draw in your vagina, like let's not literally put a straw in there, but like we're imagining. So you've got a straw in a bottle and I say of water because that's not a bladder irritant. The straw's in the bottle and the end of the straw goes into the vaginal opening. So you're trying to suck the liquid up gently through the straw for the contraction and then putting it back in the bottle for the relaxation. There are other cues. So like that doesn't work for everybody. It works for a lot of people just because of the visualization. You can imagine you're picking up a blueberry with imagine your pubic bone which is the bony prominence in the front of you like right above the clitoris to the tailbone so bringing the bone and tailbone together that's the contraction and then putting your tailbone and pubic bone further apart just kind of depends on the person what cue I use and sometimes it takes more than one cue for somebody to get it right right and then to make sure you're doing it right we call it biofeedback so self-feedback you can use your hand you should be able to put your hand on your external genitalia and tell when you're contracting. So your labia and everything kind of pulls up and away from your hand. And when you relax down, you'll have more pressure in your hand. You can use a mirror. So you can tell that the vagina is closing a bit when you pull up and in, and then when you relax back down. So you can tell with the mirror, you can tell with hand, you can even insert one hand internally. So in pelvic floor therapy, that's what we do. And when we, as part of our pelvic exam, we have a one finger digital exam. Um, where we insert one finger in the vagina and then they'll squeeze around it. And we can give different strength grades based on that. If it's a full squeeze, if it's just the bottom half and it, we kind of direct treatment that way. What are your thoughts as far as like Kegel balls or like weighted devices for doing Kegels? I think those have a place in certain 
patient populations. I, that is not my first go-to, but the research really is good. Kegel weights sometimes are good in certain populations, like she's saying. I love it with like CrossFitters where maybe they're leaking during heavy lifts and they can't really figure out why because they're blowing out. They can't figure out why they are having extra pelvic pressure. So I love it for that, but that's more of a, a, a feedback type of a thing, right? So if the weight falls out, they're like, oh, I'm putting too much pressure vaginally. Maybe I should blow harder out of my mouth as I'm doing the lift or something like that. There's some moderate research about it with overactive bladder, but in general, I don't love them. And mm -hmm. the reason is they're not regulated well. A lot of people are using the jade eggs that are porous and can lead to infection. And it's not a one size fits all exercise. So mm -hmm. walking around with your pelvic floor contracted at all times isn't really functional. Just like walking around with your arm contracted at all times really isn't functional. So they have a place. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think they have as big of a place as marketing people would like you to think. <laughs> yes. I do like them for if your strength is already high and you're still experiencing some kind of leakage and you just need a little bit more resistance, that's where I would use them. But they, truthfully, I don't recommend them very often at all. Do you find that most women are doing their Kegels right or wrong? Oh, wrong. 100%. <laughs> It's interesting because, you know, the contraction itself, just like if we were exercising, breath has a lot to do with what we're doing. And people cannot breathe and hold a Kegel at the same time, which is creating more pressure, which is then making it worse. And so even I think this, um, Bethany, and you can correct me, but like 85% of women do it wrong, even with verbal cueing. The research is just a little bit delineated out. It's like with people that are certain they're doing it right. When, you know, the people that you ask them, do you know how to Kegel? And they're like, absolutely, I do. Still about 25% of those people are doing them incorrectly. And with the, the people that you ask them, and they're like, I don't know, I think I am. About 80% of those are doing those incorrectly. So that's, that's a lot of people doing Kegels incorrectly, which is making your problem worse. I always exactly. go back to arms. It's easier for people to visualize. But if you're trying to strengthen up your biceps, it's like you're doing tricep pull down. Like it's, it's just doing the complete opposite of, right. of what you want. And so that can make leakage worse. It can take away some of your sensation during intercourse, lead to prolapse. So there's, it's, it's important to know how to do them the right way. If you're doing biofeedback, like how many times a day would you recommend doing your Kegel exercises and how many sets of them? Newer research on that too. We've never really had duration and frequency. Now they're suggesting five minutes a day, three times a week. So not too much. That way you don't add to too much tone, but you're definitely tuning in and working on your pelvic floor that amount of time. Now, five minutes seems like a long time. I don't know if you've ever practiced Kegel contractions, but you're <laughs> going to forget what you're doing if it's going on for five minutes. So I usually recommend doing it with other exercises, maybe squatting, maybe some type of lift and kind of making it more functional instead of just sitting and doing Kegel exercises. Also, we have two different types of muscle fibers in the pelvic floor. So we're working two different kinds. So we've got endurance fibers that are about 70% of what the um, muscle fiber makeup is. And then we've got type two that is about 30%. So related to running, because a lot of people understand that. So type one fibers are your endurance. Those are your marathoners. They carry you to the bathroom. They hold you up all day. That's their job. So marathon, they can go all day. Then you've got type two, which are the sprinters. You know, both do types of running just a little bit differently. So those are the ones that we need to carry in for coordination with like coughing, sneezing, laughing. When you do a Kegel exercise, should you hold it for so many seconds? I think it just kind of de depends on the person. So it's pretty much per case by 
consensus of what the actual problem is. So let's stress incontinence, for instance, and with a runner. Those girls, I most of the time, I, I find on average people can hold three to five seconds. You occasionally get somebody who can hold for 10. I want them to work up to being able to hold 20 seconds just because that's a good number. If you're in the mall and you've got to get to a bathroom, on average, 20 to 30 seconds it takes to walk down, get out of the store, and walk to the bathroom. I want them to be able to hold that the entire way. Now, there are different people, like if your bathroom is like right next to your bedroom and you only need to hold it for 10 seconds or five, then and it's just kind of based on the patient's goals and what they need. But I shoot for about 20 seconds unless they're intensity athlete, then I might push him into 30, but usually 20 is solid for me. There's a lot of rumors out there like about stopping your urine flow. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) So a Kegel contraction that would stop the flow of urine and, but your peeing is reflexive. It's like a series of four reflexes. Shout out to Bradley's loop, but we we don't want to stop it. So just like you can go into the doctor and they kind of hammer on your knee and you have your little kick, you can override that. You can just say to yourself, I'm not going to kick. I'm not going to kick. You can focus on it. And so now physicians and providers have these techniques to distract them, right? They'll say, well, just cough or just pull your hands apart so that they can still truly test the reflex. If you're kegeling while you're peeing, all you're doing is overriding that reflex, which ultimately could lead you to urinary retention and these other issues. So it's a nice test. If you really want to make sure you're doing it and test it, they suggest one time a month, the week after your period. Otherwise they're like, do not Kegel while you pee. So I usually don't have people do that at all and try to get them not to like in Lamaze classes two decades ago, that's what they were suggesting to people to get stronger. But we've learned a lot in two decades, like smoking is bad. In 1991, <laughs> we were still smoking in hospitals. So I know a lot of people kind of live their life that way and maybe not created an issue and that's awesome, but I still don't want them to create an issue now that we know more and there's more science. Kegels aren't for everyone. So super popular, especially when you start talking to women and you're asking if they're doing them, but they're really not for everyone. If people have pain, if they have constipation, if they have pelvic pain, tailbone pain, you don't want to be doing Kegels. So in general, we know the exercise is good, but every exercise isn't for every person. And there's a lot of women with pain with sex. There's a lot of people with constipation. There's a lot of people that have had injuries, falls, tailbone injuries, and Kegeling will make those injuries and pain worse. Those muscles are already in some type of spasm or maybe a protective mode where they're tightening up to protect maybe a joint injury and um, pulling them further into a contraction will lead to injury and further the pain. So that's where you get into really diagnosis-specific treatment, looking for maybe they have incontinence, but they also have pain with sex. Usually those people don't need to be doing Kegels, even though they have incontinence. It's like their body is kind of in this spasm and we have to teach it to relax or we call it lengthen before strengthen. So get the muscles to relax all the way before we contract them. That's the main thing I like to tell people is Kegels are awesome. We love them. All of our social media is named after them, but they're really not for everyone. Do you have any apps that you recommend people use if they are doing Kegels? So there's one called Kegel Cat, especially if you enjoyed, and it's kind of funny because it meows every time (laughs) to squeeze, it goes meow. And so that one's really comical to me. The second one, though, is called Easy Kegel. It's like a pink K on the iPhone, and it's free. We love the free apps. Um, So 
the it will allow you to customize settings for yourself which is really great because sometimes they have weird levels and we don't need to be doing all that like i just want you to work on what i want you to work on so those are great options and they're both free kegel cat actually might cost but um I, so i would go for the the kegel easy kegel first there's home units too so for the people that kegels are a good treatment for and um, that they maybe need to be working on it for pelvic floor weakness there's home biofeedback units the lv is one the joyon is one and kegel and there's probably some others Joyon mm -hmm. is the most cost effective now. It's one of the newest on the market. You can get on Amazon, it's like $60. And it has an app to your phone, and so it Bluetooths, and it will tell you when to squeeze, when to rest. The thing I really like about it is when people are doing them incorrectly, it kind of puts a little thing across your screen of like, hey, you might need someone to check your pelvic floor. You're doing contractions opposite. So that's, I like the feedback for that reason. So that one's Joyon. I have the LV when it first came out. I got one. Yeah. Um, sent to me and I really like that one too. It's a little bit more in detail contraction work, but it's also about double the price. Yeah. I had the Kegel and I felt like if you have a vaginal delivery, it's great just because the size is larger, but it does vibrate when you do it correctly, which is really good proprioceptive awareness or feedback for the patient if they know if they're doing them correctly. A, a lot of those feedback devices do do that so they know that they're doing it right. Yeah. I haven't ever played with any of those yet. So yeah, try uh, the joy on it. Joy on is awesome. I'll have to check it out. Are you guys doing like virtual visits currently? Yeah, we are. So we have our in-person, you know, so people drive from all over the state because there just aren't very many pelvic floor therapists, but that's in Arkansas. But we do virtual wellness visits too. Bethann has a license in Tennessee and Mississippi and Arkansas. So she can do real PT sessions virtually there. The other ones we do more wellness based. So um, we'll kind of like dive through people's problems, give them some home treatment ideas. And then if they need in person, we'll find someone with the correct certifications for them. So our social media is interesting. Instagram and Facebook, those people turn over into real patients, like in-person patients often, but our TikTok, but somehow we're like slightly famous on, I don't know. <laughs> Um, we have <laughs> patients from like all over the country from TikTok, and it's really interesting because people are getting better with virtual sessions because they just don't know some of the behavioral modifications that they could do when it comes to the pelvic floor with if it's fluid and fiber intake or maybe vulvar care, and then if they should be doing contractions or relaxations, and we can send them exercise tips for through there. So where can the listeners find you two at? all over social media. Our TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook are known as The Kegel Chronicles. Our business is Arkansas Pelvic Health, and if you go to arkansaspelvichealth.com, that is our website. We're located in Little Rock, and that's where we see in-person visits, but we can do virtual visits everywhere. Is there anything you guys want to add about Kegels? Anything else? I think just pelvic floor therapy in general it's such an amazing thing for women because you it's so incredibly life-changing if you look at the research between like let's take a postpartum mom for instance and they have incontinence incontinence and depression go really closely to one another and if you can teach somebody let's let's go back to kegels if we can teach them how to kegel correctly give them a lot of overall core and glute hip stabilization exercises to where they stop leaking and they get their life back, they aren't depressed, which in 2020, you know, our mental health 
um, suicide rates have skyrocketed just because of what it is. So if we can play a small part in their life and give them back that quality of life, if they're leaking, if they have painful intercourse, we know that causes a huge stress in so many relationships. If we can do anything like that to change somebody's life, it's, it's so rewarding. And that's why we think everybody should go, you know, in France is the standard of care. You have a baby six weeks postpartum, you get 10 visits and because they've, they've clearly got it figured out. So we, we want that to be the standard of care here, but a lot of people have pelvic floor dysfunction who have kids or anything. Do you think that everybody should see every woman should see a pelvic floor physical therapist at some point in their lifetime? I think it should be first line of treatment for most pelvic floor conditions. And there's even evidence on that. Just a lot of providers don't know that there's mm-hmm. evidence there and they kind of have their own little network of what they do or maybe own little protocol of what they do for certain things. But it's a safe conservative option and really successful in most pelvic floor conditions like dyspareunia. So pain with sex, I mean, incontinence, there's vaginismus, all those various things pelvic floor therapy is helpful with. So I would say rather than first line of treatment being just do Kegels or here's an exercise packet or a pamphlet or here's some medication, actually trying pelvic floor physical therapy and getting the word out about what it is and, and the degree that it is. So it's not a protected term. That's interesting. Physical therapy is but not pelvic floor therapy. And so people will come to us who say, oh, I've tried pelvic floor therapy before and it didn't work. And they, they've been going to a yoga class of someone who kind of teaches them pelvic floor relaxation, or they've been to a personal trainer Um, but not actually a true pelvic floor therapist. So we generally ask people, well, did you have to disrobe? Like, did you have to take your clothes off? Did you get a vaginal exam? And when they say no, okay, that's a little bit different therapy than what we do. But just getting the word out that there's conservative options and help for all of those issues. You don't have to live with it just because you're a woman. Pain with sex isn't part of being a woman. Leakage isn't part of motherhood. Just letting people know that there's help for all of those issues. I think that as a provider, pelvic floor physical therapy is not something I learned about in school. And I actually learned about it when I had a patient that had fecal incontinence Mm -hmm. and that's where we ended up sending her. And I had, I didn't know that it existed. So we're in OB offices. It's so interesting to talk to them about what they actually learned about what pelvic floor therapy is. And like, they learned nothing about the musculoskeletal of what they do. They can keep pregnant women pregnant and babies can be born, but like, they, they literally are like, how do you treat that? And we're like, oh, it's actually really easy. It's been fun being there because they already trusted us with their patients and allowed us to be practicing in their office. But then I think I'm going to send them to you and then we can help them talk through it. And they're like, I had no idea you can do that. Now we're treating like what half of the staff. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, we have no idea you can do these things. And so just getting the word out especially to providers um, that people go to when they have issues, when they're sick, to let them know there's another option besides medication. And that's one thing I talked about on one of the other podcast episodes is that if your provider doesn't know about it, it's okay as a patient to say, hey, I want to see a pelvic floor physical therapist and educate them. Yes. Yeah. And that's really what we've, we've discovered on our social me- media, especially with our TikTok of like, okay, we get DM all the time. I'm like, on who, who do I call? How do I find somebody? What do I need to do? Cause you know, Arkansas is a direct access state. So patients don't need referrals to come see us most of the time with depending on their insurance, but you know, not all States are like us. And so we're like, find a gynecologist, find your urologist, find a PCP, find an APRN, find someone who can help you with that. 
So there's, there are good teachers and bad teachers, good doctors and bad doctors, good therapists and bad therapists, but finding someone that will listen and communicate, they're usually willing to write you a, a referral for physical therapy, knowing that it's conservative, knowing that it's evidence-based. So just having someone that's open-minded to try something outside of what they've normally tried, that's actually what's gotten us some of the connections that we have is a, a patient might start with this, they get better, they go back and tell their doctor and they're like, please tell them to come have lunch with us so we can discuss this. So I mean, we had that last week. Actually, he requested to be on our TikTok, so this will be interesting. Because <laughs> um, we get so many patients from there. They're like, this is a great marketing for us too. But I think just being open and, and listening to patients, they tell you what they need, like not directly, but just listening. You're like, oh, okay, maybe we should try this avenue. And knowing it's conservative and easy, there's very little risk. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you move on to the next line of treatment. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me and telling the listeners a little bit more about Kegels. I yeah. really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for having me. This podcast is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones. If you haven't yet heard of my sexy box, you are going to want to make sure you get yours right away. The quarterly subscription box is coming to doors December 15th, so do not delay and get yours now. This subscription box includes over $100 of top-selling products and some of my personal favorites. Do not sleep on this. Check out the link in the bio to get yours today or go to sexybox.vaginasvulvasandvibrators.com. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.